Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How, How are you? Everybody? Good. Throw a howdy in the chat. We would love to hear from you this morning. Yeah, say hello. That's right. All right. And let us know where you are today, too. That'd be even more fun. Not there just saying hi, but where are you? Where That's are you right. watching are you us in, from today? Are you in Nate's state? Are you in my state? Or are you somewhere else? Well, more officially, howdy and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. I'm Lauren Muzika, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Cheers. And I'm, and I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And today I'm your favorite co-host. And what a great joy it is to join you and connect with you each and every Friday. We love having this show and being able to connect with you. To share with the, the latest of what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can continue to work to change hearts and minds, not just legislation, on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, tips, devotional, more prayer. Again, you find it all right here, folks. Everywhere we travel, you guys come up and tell us that you love the show and it's been a blessing. Uh, some of you who are headed out to abortion facilities on Friday morning tell us that you listen as you are headed out to the abortion facility and nothing warms our heart more. So... All right. Well, um, first things first, we've got to talk about the weather, Nate. <laughs> There's been a big change here. You thought I was going to say prayer. Um, we do need to get to that in a second. But I just have to share with the world, this is so exciting. A couple weeks ago, it was 108, 108 in North Texas. And it has dropped now 20 degrees and we're in the 80s. In fact, there's some days that we, you know, 78, 79. I'm just loving it. It literally was like we snapped our fingers and there was a huge change. So that's nice after a pretty brutal summer. But how are things in Swing State, Florida, Nate? Wow. <laughs> so have your highs been in the 70s now? Or well, just your lows been more in the 80s. Our, yeah, like okay. during the day, especially if there's been a little bit of rain, we've been in the 70s. It's been it's been pretty good. So big change. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still consistently in the 80s and 90s and feeling like the close to hundreds. So <laughs> yeah, it's not not much cooler here in Florida. And, you know, Lauren, we have to, like, correct this whole thing about swing state Florida. How many election cycles do we have to go before Florida is no longer called a swing state? That's true. It's been at least one, if not two, right? Whatever. It's been <laughs> like four or five. <laughs> Florida is Let's... more consistently voting pro-life. I will I will give you that. That's I mean, right. Texas has been, uh, I don't know. We need to look up how long. Always? Let's just Texas hope Texas always. doesn't get sleepy and start faltering. I know. Falls so. asleep at the uh, proverbial wheel here. So, right. all right. Well, uh, with all that, before we go any further, for real, let's start the best <laughs> way. And that is with a word of prayer. So, Nate, you want to lead us? Sounds good. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together again this Friday. We're just so grateful for all that you're doing around us. God, we thank you that you've chosen to use humanity to fulfill your mission in the earth. May we continue to be your vessels, just to be your hands and feet, to do everything you've called us to do in this great mission that we are called to as we continue to help um, women in, in crisis pregnancy situations and, and men and families as we continue just to be those who are offering hope and help um, across all of the situations that we that we find, that we interact with. 
God, I pray that you would bless our national team here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, that you would bless all of those in the pregnancy help movement today, that you would speak to women's hearts and minds this morning, even as they show up at abortion facilities across America. May we not lose sight that every single day in America, women are considering ending their pregnancy. May we not lose sight that no matter where we live, whether our state is more pro-life or more pro-abortion, that women in our state, in our community, in our neighborhood, and maybe even next door are considering ending their pregnancy. God, may, may we be more aware and may we be ready and equipped to reach out to those who are in need. Bless the show this morning. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Here is our headline this morning. Here we go. Headline of the week. Uh, again, we just report and you decide, folks. So Vice President Kamala Harris is proof that President Biden and their party support abortion up until birth. This was actually a really stunning interview. So we wanted to play this for all of you. Again, we report, you decide. We are nonpartisan here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We, we, we don't adhere to a particular, you know, party in this regard or party in that regard, even though, of course, we have commonalities with parties. In other words, we're not a political organization. We're a pregnancy help organization. But let me go ahead and set this up. So Kamala Harris this week dismissed complaints that the Biden administration supports legal abortion up till birth as ridiculous, but refused to name a single regulation of abortion she would support. Let me say that, say that again. She refused to name a single regulation of abortion that she would support. During a Sunday appearance on CBS's Face the Nation, hostess Margaret Brennan repeatedly pressed Harris to specify her pro-choice stance. What week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? Brent Brennan asked. Uh, she said, so the vice president said, we need to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade. She did not name a week of pregnancy. Let me be very clear, Harris continued. From day one, the president has been clear. I've been clear. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law. Since the Supreme Court took it, Congress has the power and ability to pass legislation to put those protections back in law, and Joe Biden will sign that bill. So that's what we want. Brennan again asked Harris to name which week of pregnancy. Again, this constant asking was almost awkward. The vice president again repeatedly refused to answer that question, repeating her same canned statement. Let's go ahead and watch that clip now. What week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Which We're not trying to do something new. Well, that was but, nebulous because it was about viability, which could be anywhere between 20 to 24 weeks. And but it, so no, 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 no. Let's let's let me, let me be very the clear. Women's Health Protection Act. That let the White me House be also let me endorsed. be very clear. From day one, the president has been clear. I have been clear. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law. Since the Supreme Court took it, Congress has the power and ability to pass legislation to put those protections back in law, and Joe Biden will sign that bill. So that is what we want. But does it need to be specific in terms of defining and where that guarantee goes up to and where it does not, at which week of pregnancy? We need to put back in place the protections of Roe versus Wade. You we know why not, I'm asking you this I, question, though, because we're not trying to. But we're not trying to do anything that did not exist before June of last year. 
We well, are saying it wasn't no, crafted but, into law. And that's why I'm asking you for the specifics there, because Republicans say the lack of a precise date in cutting it off. You know this. Is they say that allows Democrats to perform abortions up until, you know, birth. Which is ridiculous. Which is, which is, which is not accurate. And, and it's ridiculous. And it's a that. mischaracterization so, of the point. No, the point but, is, but the do point you need is to be more precise. To, I am being precise. We need to put into law the protections of Roe versus Wade. And that is about going back to where we were before the Dobbs decision. But if, if there is the possibility through legislation to provide any kind of guarantee at the federal level, any kind of protection, like the Republican proposal of 15 weeks protection. The Republicans is are also the, the doing members, members of the Republican Party are also proposing a national ban. The thing that I'm talking about the Lindsey Graham bill, as you know, the, and, and those proposals of giving some access, though that's 15 weeks. Why do you think it shouldn't be specific? You know, out in, out in uh, New Mexico, for example, the governor there says it shouldn't be nailed down to a week because it should be a private matter between a woman and her doctor. There shouldn't be a precise number put on that. Is that what you believe as well? I believe that we should put the protections of Roe v. Wade into law. And the way that will happen is if we have a United States Congress who, regardless of their personal view for themselves or their family, would agree that the women of America should be trusted to make decisions about their life and their body based on what they know to be in their best interest. It's that simple. Wow. Like, there's that so was... much wow to this clip. It's like, there's just so much wow. I, she didn't answer the question, but yet she did. No. <laughs> but yet she did. Because when you codify Roe versus Wade into law, it's actually not what the reporter said. Roe versus Wade allowed states to come in and make restrictions uh, later into pregnancy, right? But if you take Roe versus Wade as a law and you, you know, Congress passes a law that reflects the abortion access, so to speak, that Roe v. Wade allowed, you will have abortion until the point of delivery for any reason, unless you specify differently. Because a lot of folks don't realize that that's actually what Roe versus Wade allowed was abortion through all nine months of pregnancy on demand for any reason. Right. But states were permitted, should they choose to um, pass laws with very like very specific restrictions were allowed. But but and only and even those really were, were challenged a lot. Right. Even those yeah. very specific restrictions were challenged a lot. It is right. really wild the way she talks about restoring Roe v. Wade into law because it's the first problem is, right, most people don't understand. People who are not well-educated and well-versed in what Roe v. Wade was and what that actually meant don't understand that that literally means abortion till birth. That's it right. It was alarming how much she was unwilling to say anything other than we want to restore Roe v. Wade. Like it was like alarming. She just kept right. saying the same thing over and over again, promoting, requesting, asking for abortion till birth as the you know second in command of the Democrat Party at the moment. 
I mean, she, she and she can't say it because as soon as she says that phrase, that audio clip would go crazy viral. But we know, meaning us who work in the pro-life movement, know exactly what that means. And this is one reason that I wanted to play this clip. We wanted to play this clip this morning is because a lot of times, and understandably so, we think of the abortion battle being a state-by-state -state battle. However, it is conceivable, it is very conceivable that Congress someday could pass a law that has to do with abortion. Likely, I would think under the Commerce Clause power, but, you know, interstate regulation of abortion, so to speak. Because again, if you understand how our country is set up and the principle of federalism, right, everything that's not been given to the federal government has been delegated to the states. We, we've decentralized power, right? So Congress can can pass laws kind of within within these certain enumerated spaces, so to speak. But abortion's one of them. They could pass a federal law that has to do with abortion, and it would be imposed on every state, in a sense, just like the Supreme Court decision, right? So Anyways, just wanted to get that out there. It is a really important uh, interview for all of us as Americans to be aware of, right? Really, really important. So, yeah. all right, Nate, it is victory story time. You got a victory story for us? Yeah, I do. I have a really great story. And sorry, I'm going to have to pull it from my other screen. Apologies for that. Yeah, we're all um, we're having all sorts of screen issues this morning. <laughs> recently, yeah, recently, just this week, we saw a, a report get um, posted out from some of our folks, some of our friends and our folks um, in Memphis, Tennessee, and they shared an incredible story of a day when sidewalk advocates showed up even though the facility was closed. So I just wanna reference this for you to show you the power of what it means to always show up where women may be seeking pregnancy information and looking for you know, real education about what, you know, what their situation might entail. Recently, the Planned Parenthood in Memphis, in the Memphis area was closed due to a plumbing problem. And so, you know, they knew that clients wouldn't be showing up. So they had given their advocates the day off. Well, one of their advocates and her prayer partner, par prayer partner decided that they would show up anyway. Even though it was a day off, they would be there. They would be ready. They would be prepared for anything that might happen. And that day, a client showed up who was needing help for her pregnancy. Because this advocate was there, because they showed up, because they were there on a day when the center was closed, when obviously this client didn't realize they were closed because the client still showed up, because they were there, they were able to help this desperate woman in need. And they weren't only just able to help her with giving her some basic education and, and some information that they had with them, but they were able to take her directly to the, you know, the life affirming pregnancy resource center that was right across the street. And they were able to make sure that that handoff was done to the pregnancy center to make sure that this young lady who was in desperate need of help was not able to just get crisis intervention on the sidewalk, but was able to be able to hand, be handed off to a crisis management organization in that local life-affirming pregnancy resource center. It's just an incredible story of how important it is for us to always show up. And it goes even further for me, as many of you have heard me say recently, talking so much about abortion <laughs> referral facilities and the need for us to make sure that we're not forgetting 
that in states where abortion is restricted, women are still seeking information about pregnancy. They are still finding themselves in unexpected pregnancies and maybe seeking referrals out of state for abortion. In this area of Tennessee and in the Memphis area, that's what they're doing. They are showing up at Planned Parenthood looking for abortion referral. We have to be there. We have to be there, obviously, on the days that they're open. But what a beautiful story that even on a day when the Planned Parent was closed due to their own you know, plumbing issue, that advocates showed up and they were at the ready and they were able to intercept a young woman and they were able to get her to a, a crisis pregnancy center that she so needed. And I want to also just reference that in this announcement that they made this week, they also let us know and let their, their supporters know that they have been able to counsel 104 women in August and that three of those women made a life-changing decision to continue their pregnancy. So this story, I think, has a whole lot of facets today. It's a great victory story, but it also just highlights how important it is that we're always showing up, that we're always available, that we're always well-equipped and trained to be at the ready when women are in need. Lauren? awesome story. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What is interesting is this, again, being an abortion referral facility, right? So the save numbers are not going to be as big. You're going to encounter more women and sure. not see maybe as many turn around, right? Because you're, you're interfacing with a whole bunch of different clients. And so anyways, just props to them for continuing to be out there. And that's been our message actually since before the Dobbs decision was handed down. Hey, should Roe v. Wade be overturned? And then when Roe v. Wade was overturned, right, are we amenable? Are we opening our hearts to going to our nearest abortion referral facility in this abortion-restricted state, knowing that yeah. women of our community, women of our state are leaving to go across state lines prospectively for the next nearest abortion facility? So yeah. uh, it's so important. So props to Memphis and our teams across the United States and all these abortion restricted states for continuing the journey. Right. That's right. so good. All right. Well, it is time for a tip and then we get to a really exciting interview with a very special guest. I'm so excited to have this discussion today, but right before I want to give you our tip of the week. So we are seeing now at Planned Parenthood, America's largest abortion provider, America's abortion empire, the so-called transgender hormone therapy client, individuals who are going into these facilities to receive cross-sex hormones and prospectively look at surgery, right? To, in essence, mutilate their God-given bodies because of gender dysphoria. Some of them, and again, the, the, the studies and the evidence has shown this, that maybe it's a need for community, wanting to belong, right? Chloe Cole, who is somebody who has quote-unquote detransitioned, you know, wanted to become a boy, so to speak, right? And and then embraced her God-given identity uh, very quickly after realizing she had made a mistake. Um, you know, she is such an incredible witness to all of this and really um, how this industry <clears throat> makes money off of people who are hurting and confused. Planned Parenthood has admitted that the transgender hormone client, as they put it, uh, is the client that is going to replace their abortion in income, that they are now the second largest provider of these cross-sex hormones for young people and for adults who are looking 
to to do this. Again, it's really a, a mind bender because we know through natural law, we know from our understanding of our of our faith and common sense that you can't be a woman and then become a man, right? It's just, it's in your very DNA. It's in your cells. It's part of who you are. It's part of your natural God-given identity. And we're going to have more of a discussion about that with our guest who's coming up next here. But what do we do when we're standing in front of the abortion or abortion referral facility and this individual is going in? How do we, how are we the hands and feet of Christ to them, especially in the one or two minutes that we have with them? And so here's what we advise here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, because if our goal is to help shut down this abortion facility, we have to have a solution, a life-affirming solution, at least seeds planted with every eternal soul who's crossing our path. Yes, Sidewalk Advocates for Life was primarily created to give life-affirming alternatives to the woman facing an unexpected pregnancy, to the family facing an unexpected pregnancy, but being at a Planned Parenthood where they're doing you know, this really low-level menu of limited woman services and now this transgender madness, we wanted to have a solution for all those clients too in hopes that we can pull their business or, you know, help set them on a different path and thereby draining the abortion industry of hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars, which can really hurt their bottom line. So, so what do we say? What do we do when we're out there? So it's very simple. We want to first address the physical need and then the spiritual need, okay? So we can introduce ourselves. We might even start out saying we've got free pregnancy tests, free sonogram, free options, counseling, saves you this much if you go with the services at our, our women's center, our pregnancy resource center next door instead or down the street, right? And they may say to you, oh, I'm not going in for that. Oh, do you mind if I ask what you're going in for today so that I can point you to the best free resource in town? Oh, I'm going in for hormone therapy, right? So they say this, and so this clues us in. This is the, the client that we are interfacing with today, right? And then we can say something like, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that this is an abortion facility. And I just want to encourage you, if you need a well woman exam or other healthcare like it, you know, here's where else you can go, right? So we're just kind of handing out general healthcare resources. And then we can say, and this is maybe where we'll bring out a pamphlet that has to do with the Ruth Institute or, or was sorry, created by the Ruth Institute that addresses this particular situation. They've got a great pamphlet that we're using here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life that goes at it more from like an emotional right brain perspective, which a lot of these folks are in because they're in an element of crisis, right? That's where we kind of switch to our, our right emotional brain when we're in crisis, uh, not so much our left logical brain. And we we can hand them this pamphlet that that really will kind of challenge them to slow down and think about the, the effects of this in the short and long-term. And then we'll also patch them into a network of therapists that will get them on the road to healing and to accepting that God-given identity. And so then we can hand them a pamphlet and say, because again, may maybe they did, maybe they don't like abortion. We actually have encountered this before where, you know, this is an abortion facility and, you know, these, these clients that are going in for other things, they go, really? Oh yeah. They do abortions for the second trimester. I mean, this really is community service in and of itself. Then we can talk about how we're handing out free resources that we're handing out, you know, information about where people can go for well woman exams, breast exams, STD, STI testing. Hey, if you need any of those services, you know, again, services that are not morally problematic for us to refer for. We want our hands clean as we're serving serving clients, right? And generally letting them know, hey, you probably don't want your money going towards abortion. 
here's a pamphlet for you. This may help you in your journey. It'll just give you some things to think about. And, you know, I'm going to be out here praying for everyone today. And if you have any prayer requests, you know, let me know, but go ahead and give that, give that a look. And if, you know, we can patch you into, you know, one of our, our, our support group support network, uh, we would love to be of service to you. Right. Because here's the thing you've got, <laughs> you know, this, if you're a sidewalk advocate, you've got a very short amount of time to interface with people. And so we can just plant seeds, get people thinking. And that's, that's why our materials need to be tip top. They need to have everything in, in, you know, the material that we're handing someone to really get them onto a new path. Um, I've literally seen literature save lives, for example, when it comes to women facing an unexpected pregnancy. So, all right. Anyways, uh, that is how we handle that issue on the sidewalk, planting seeds, being willing, staying open to further conversation, but just letting people know that we love and care for them and that we've got resources for them. So there you go, Nate. Yeah, such a great tip. Really great. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Lauren. Absolutely. Okay. I'm so excited. We get to introduce our special guest this week. This week, drum roll, Nate. We need a drum roll. Can you do a drum roll? <laughs> I always ask for one. drum rolls. Andrew, can you do a drum roll? <laughs> there it is. There okay. We have with us Leah Jacobson, CEO of the Guiding Star Project. Good morning, Leah. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm well. I'm I'm actually here in Texas with you, so it's I it's know. hot. <laughs> it is hotter if you're from Minnesota, right? You're from Minnesota. I am. I'm from northern yeah. Minnesota, like up northern. near the up near the Canada Minnesota. Oh and see, Canada. and then there's me who like refuses to live in any kind of winter and lives in Florida. <laughs> so I like that like that difference. I know. So there are some days in the year when Minnesota's temperature to our temperature is like an 80 degree swap oh, like 100. or like 100 <laughs> degree swap. I've been in Minnesota when it's been negative degrees. So I know it's, it's pretty wild. That's yeah. funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, uh, we know you're in a hotel cause you're off yeah, doing yeah. all the things as a CEO. Yeah. So you look lovely. It's good to have you. Uh, we, I've been so excited thinking about this particular interview because every time I talk to you, I found, found, I find, find, find <laughs> I find you to be a wealth, like a fountain of information when it mm -hmm. comes to what true feminism really is, what a life affirming view of our bodies and family yeah. and all the things, right? So anyways, let's start with the basics because some folks may not know you. So tell us about the Guiding Star Project and how you found yourself in this ministry. And then the locations, your vision, like, you know, what does the world look like when when Guiding Star fulfills its mission? Tell us, tell us all the things. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Um, this all began, you know, roughly 20 years ago when I was working on a college campus. I used to be the campus minister at the University of Minnesota Duluth. I lived in the Newman House for the first three years of my marriage, welcomed our first two babies there. And it was in my interactions with college age women that it became very apparent that women in general don't understand how their bodies work. And in fact, they're, all, they're often very ashamed and very fearful of just their female body. You know, things like... Um, tracking their fertility ovulation like it just seemed like oh i'm not smart enough to do that or i would never know how to do that and it was a very um you know it, it was a very self-deprecating view of our abilities as women and it really began to bother me a lot as a young woman and saying ladies we're smarter than this um mm -hmm. and so it began it really began in that work with college-age women and then as, as i became a, a young mother recognizing how much harder it was than I had been told or prepared for, you know, welcoming yeah. babies um, quickly. I had my first 
four babies in five years. That was a wild ride. Uh, and recognizing that, you know, as women, as mothers in the world, the world's not set up very well for us. You know, we're not really set up to be successful as mothers, as women, living in our natural bodies, embracing our fertility, embracing our um, our, our life-giving abilities. Um, and so, uh, mm. perfect. It actually led me to uh, pursue a master's degree in women's health and wellness. And the thesis of that that master's program really settled in on this idea of what I call a holistic feminism. Um, yeah. And so I took a deep dive into the feminist movement and looked at the women's movement and said, how did we get here? Why do young women not understand and embrace and love their natural bodies? And, and sadly, ironically, it's, it's a result of the women's movement resulting in this very uh, deep-seated loss of our identity. Um, mm-hmm. Even your tip of this week, Lauren, you know, we, we really see uh, this crisis across our entire country. It's not just women. It's men. It's our teens. It's everybody. We don't really know who we are. We don't really yeah. anchor our identity in our biological reality of our bodies. We've thrown out all the guideposts of fertility and childbearing and breastfeeding and all these different things that should give us good direction. Uh, it's missing. So Guiding Star Centers were founded out of that that thesis, out of that idea that we need to do something proactively better for our girls to anchor them and help them to love their bodies. Um, mm. That's I what we do. That. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I just so love it, Leah. I'm just so, so grateful for what you're doing and and just have loved learning more over the last couple of years of what you guys are doing. And as you continue, you know, to work to expand, you know, you just were talking about true feminism is, is really so misunderstood and under attack. And by extension, manhood and families are under attack too, right? Yeah. We see so many of these attacks against human dignity, for example, regarding our true identity with the transgender issues that we were just speaking of. What are you all doing at Guiding Star to really combat the misinformation, to help restore proper balance to our, you know, co-equal but unique roles as men and women? Yeah, so we have eight locations. Actually, I saw the website. It's kind of actually, I don't know, it's a little outdated there. (laughs) You have to fix that. But we actually have eight locations now in six states. And across all of our locations, we have these four core service areas of fertility, childbirth, breastfeeding, and then family life. And, and we really do focus in hard on women's health care because we really feel like um, it was through the vehicle of women's health care that we got, you know, contraception, abortion on demand, like this rampant loss of just appreciation for our physical bodies. Um, these services really start at a young age, though. You know, our fertility services, our target audience is nine years old. We want a woman, a, a young woman, a little woman <laughs> into our centers by the time she's nine, because we want to tell her all about how amazing her body is before she ever hears this messaging of it being a liability or you need to shut this down. And, and we want her to understand that a pregnancy, regardless of the circumstances, is a miraculous feat of a healthy female body. It takes a lot of things to go right to get pregnant. And if that's what she understands and feels deeply in her soul as a nine-year-old, as a 10-year-old, well, then as a 17-year-old scared girl, that still is in the back of her mind. She remembers, this is miraculous. My body just did something incredible that millions of women will never achieve that want to become pregnant. It's just reframing reframing the abilities of what our bodies can do at a very young age is, is critical. 
Mm-hmm. That's so good, Leah. So good. Uh, so you are a speaker and sponsor of the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference. And now yeah. just a few short weeks, it's hard to believe yeah, it's right coming around the corner. Yeah. Um, what there. most ex- what most most excites you about being part of this event? I mean, we've got like 42 speakers and I was so excited that we snagged you this year. What can people expect from your presentation and, you know, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, I'm really excited to interface with all these amazing people that are out on the sidewalk. Um, it takes a really special person who's willing to go out there and interact with a person on, you know, maybe the worst day of their life. <laughs> like you're yeah. volunteering to go interact with people in not the, their best situation. And so I really want to meet you your advocates and the people that are, that go out there to just um, to thank them, but to also help them to understand too that we hopefully working together can prevent these women from ever getting to the sidewalk. Like let's work so far upstream that we can help them to never be out there in the first place. So, mm-hmm. so good. So good. All right. Now, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about bringing Guiding Star to their community, where would they go? You know, just head over to our website. You can just email us at Guiding Star, you know, contact at guidingstarproject.com. Um, interact with us on Facebook, interact with us over on Instagram. Uh, all the different links, they'll all come to me. They'll all come to my team. My amazing president, Lisa Canning, is doing a tremendous job right now in casting the vision for Guiding Star as we move forward in, into the future. But all of these issues, this issue of human identity, this issue of, of, um, women experiencing trauma in the healthcare system, like these are very close to our heart. We want to stop that demand for abortion by just helping women stand up and demand a better healthcare system that really truly treats our bodies as sacred. Mm, I love that. There's natural law all over this. We could have a much longer discussion this morning, but there's the preview. So you have to come to the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference and hear more from Leah. And if you go to our website for the conference, prolifeconference.com, you can snag your ticket. There's even in in the the ticket block there a, a code where you can get, I think, an additional $25 off right now. So that's prolifeconference.com. Lisa is one of our, oh my gosh, Leah. Goodness, we have a Lisa on our team. Please forgive me. I saw Lisa. I have in the two Lisas. I have two yeah, Lisas on my team. Lisa to work for them in the pro-life movement. So hi, Lisa. And also, if you want, <laughs> to come to the conference, uh, you can hear from Leah and all the speakers. I mean, this is really, in this day and age, we're calling people back to what is just good, right, and true. What is natural, the glory, you know, the the, the glory of God stamped in our individual identity and, and, and beautiful bodies as God has made us. And what a great thing to, to do to call people back who are hurting to this beautiful identity that they've been given, being unafraid to live that and embrace that and to be accepted and, and celebrated that way, right? Instead of, hey, pick one of 92 genders and mutilate your body. And I, I can't get my mind around a message like that. But uh, so you're on the front lines too. I really appreciate all that you're doing. I know you deal with spiritual attack as well. And people don't like your message sometimes, but we really appreciate you being loud and proud about it. So Thank you, Leah. Really appreciate you and look forward to seeing you here in a few short weeks. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks so guys. Much. Have a great day. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye, Leah. Bye-bye. So good. So good. Yeah. good so, so good. Just so excited about what they're doing and um, so excited for them to be with us in just a few weeks. So like Lauren said, make sure to grab your ticket if you haven't yet and get to Dallas October 6th through 8th. It's going to be a promised land. The promised land. Right. <laughs> there she goes again. No problem. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's great. 
Well, it's, I think it's time for our scripture reflection today. And I wanted to take um, just a, a little bit of time with a, with a story that's familiar to many of us. And I'm not going to read it all, but just kind of the spirit of the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, just reminding us again about how important it is that we understand that, you know, we should be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we are. You know, in this story, um, Jesus is asked the question, who is my neighbor? And so there's this story that Jesus then un unfolds through a parable about, you know, this good Samaritan that finds somebody on the side of the road after many people had passed him by. You know, the, the story, you know, says that a, a priest comes by this man who has been beaten and robbed and left to die. And, you know, he's really too busy and, and too sophisticated to be able to stop, you know, and, and then a temple assistant even comes by and, you know, sees him lying there. But also he passes by on the other side of the road. And then it's it's a despised Samaritan, right? If you understand the culture of that day, the Samaritans were seen as as a half-breed, they, they weren't fully Jewish and they weren't fully Gentile, as you might call them. And so there's a lot of, you know, difficulty in their culture regarding the Samaritans. But Jesus unfolds the story as that it's the Samaritan who sees the man, who understands the man's peril, who sees that the man is in great need and needs compassion, needs help, needs somebody to care for him. And he bandages him up. He puts him on his donkey and he gets him to an inn that can care for him and make him well. And he even makes sure that the man is, is you know, taking care of financially while he's recovering. You know, I encourage you to go read this story again today. It's found in Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37. I encourage you to, to read it and maybe read it from a different vantage point today. Maybe read it with a different lens. Understanding that we are called to be people of compassion. We are called to be people who reach out to those who are in need wherever we find them. You know, we've been talking this year a lot about the sidewalk is everywhere. Some people don't understand maybe exactly what we need, what we mean by that. But the reality is that we at Sidewalk Advocates for Life has, have positioned ourselves outside of abortion facilities on sidewalks across America and internationally. And so if we talk about the sidewalk being everywhere, what we're meaning is that now more than ever, women are seeking pregnancy information, are making pregnancy decisions in many places other than just the sidewalk of an abortion facility. And we must be equipped to be providing them compassion, real information, education, hope, and help wherever they are, wherever we find them. You know, many, many women now are, are having chemical abortions that maybe even in your neighbor's, you know, house, in your neighbor's bathroom. How can we make sure that we are being people of compassion, of love, of, of truth, of, of helping people with their greatest needs wherever they are? So I encourage you to read this story of the Good Samaritan from a, a different lens maybe today of putting yourself in the shoes of understanding that we are surrounded by people that are struggling with many different situations each and every day. How are we being? the Good Samaritan to them? How are we helping them in their greatest moments of need? How are we educating? How are we, you know, providing them with hope and help and that crisis intervention and getting them to someone who can help with their crisis management? How are we being the Good Samaritan in every situation? So today, again, I just encourage you to take some time, read this powerful story 
out of the book of Luke and really meditate and contemplate and pray into the reality that everyone around us truly is our neighbor. And, and we must be people who are about our father's business, right? We've got to be people who are focused on how can we show Jesus more and more to those around us. So with that scripture reflection today, if you would um, pray with me and then we'll get ready to close out the show today. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this Friday morning. We thank you for Leah Jacobson and the Guiding Star Project and everything that they are doing. We thank you for all of those across the nation who are involved in the pregnancy help movement, who are working hard to make sure that education is being offered to women in need, that unexpected pregnancies are are being treated with the care and the hope that they deserve, that that each of those who are on sidewalks across America today are, are there ready and, and able to speak to women in need. We're just so grateful for the miracles we continue to see each and every day across America as, as women and men are making decisions for life outside of abortion facilities. God, I pray that even this morning that you would touch hearts of those who are considering an abortion appointment and that you'd give them a sign, that you would you know, put them on the sidewalk with a sidewalk advocate who's able to have a, a great conversation with them about how we can help them with their moment of need. God, I pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us as we all move forward and being the most effective we can be wherever it is that women are seeking pregnancy information and are considering terminating a pregnancy. God, may we be signs of hope and help and compassion everywhere at every time in every situation. We're just so grateful to be called by you. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Nate. What a great show. Uh, like many shows, we see a theme emerge, and uh, it was really interesting to see how everything just kind of threaded together. This I idea of identity, right? Our identity is man and woman, how that uniquely, how God has uniquely put that together to form family, and how all of this is connected. A lot of folks don't realize this, but all of this is connected uh, when it comes to abortion, right? It's no, I would I have talked about this many times that it does not cease to amaze us <laughs> just how far the abortion industry will go, but it doesn't surprise us. They've gotten into the transgender hormone therapy issue. So yep. anyways, right. onward and upward, we will keep being salt and light to a world in need. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Wake Up Life with Lauren and Nate. We'll see you guys That's next right. week. Thanks everyone. Have Bye -bye. a great week. See ya. Bye.